Hi there, and thank you for listening today to our broadcast, Faith Life, with Pastor Earl and friends. At the time of this recording, it's one of our first um, snowfalls up here in Maryland for the weather report says like 700 days. And so the weather changes, but our God is a God that never changes. He's immutable. That's a wonderful thing about our God. Everything else around us seems to change and change often, but God is unchanging. He is a great and mighty and wonderful God and worthy to be praised, worthy to be worshiped, worthy to serve, and we love him. We love the Father, we love the Son, and we love the Holy Spirit. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Platinum Plus Limousines. My friend Mike Green operates this wonderful service and they have some of the most beautiful cars and limos that I have seen. So for your next corporate event or you need a ride to the airport or picked up or a wedding or a prom or a sporting event, Call Mike. Call Mike Green and he'll bring you a limousine at 410-796-7433. And so these individuals that sponsor us, they support us and we would love to support them. So I appreciate if you would give him a call at 410-796-7433. We're in the 22nd chapter of Revelation, and we're talking to you all about heaven. Revelation 21 and 22 talk about the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem as the old heaven, earth, and Jerusalem have been destroyed by fire. And we know that Second Peter tells us that. And we know that, that the earth is going to melt with a fervent heat. God will be purging of all pollution, all um, demonic activity, all sin, all crime, all everything. So let me go quickly through the first few verses. And he showed me a pure river of water, of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. We see several times the throne of God mentioned. We see it in Revelation of four and five, we see a great white throne, which I think is different in Revelation 20. And here we call chapters 21 and 22, the eternal state. So here's the throne of God and of the lamb. We have the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. The river, some um, kind of indicate that that is a portrait of the Holy Spirit. So there you would have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
John 7, 38 and 39 says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly, his innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life. Remember, which was um, banned by God with Adam and Eve as they had chosen the wrong fruit to partake of, and they were kept from that tree of life, which would have enabled them to live forever. And this tree, it says it bear 12 manner of fruits. And like I shared with you, I'm not positive whether that's 12 all at the same time or one different type per month. But I think it's just showing us God will take care of all of our needs, even though we have a heavenly body, he will still give us beautiful things to enjoy. And it says, and yielded her fruit every month. Then it talks about the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And we talked about that in our last broadcast. And there shall be no more curse. Remember after um, Adam and Eve had fallen, God then cursed the ground. Remember that? But it says now, no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Even when we get to heaven, our primary function is, again, not to just sit around on a cloud and play harps, but it is to serve the true and living God who redeemed us and provided this wonderful place for us we will serve him. That's the purpose of the believer now is to serve the Lord. And you don't have to do that in a formal way where you say, well, I don't teach a Sunday school class or anything. Well, if you can, then do that. But serving the Lord is every day at your job, in your home, just being a blessing, seeking to bring people to Jesus and seeking to minister to those that are hurting or have needs. In verse four, and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. Those that follow the Antichrist will be marked according to Revelation 13, but we will be imprinted with God's name on our forehead. And then it says, and there shall be no night there and they need no candles, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Beautiful to know that in this life we may suffer, and it's very temporal, but in our eternal state it'll be bliss and joy, happiness, forever and ever and ever. There will not be one sad day for eternity. God's gonna wipe away every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more pain, suffering, or heartache. I like this one illustration that says, what we live in now is called time, 
where we will spend with God will be eternity. And the comparison is time is like one piece of sand and eternity, the length of it, is all the sand on all the beaches in all the world. That's how long eternity will be. So if you're experiencing some suffering or heartache and hurt right now, it'll be all over soon. And you'll be in eternity with our God. No more night. Why? Because the Lamb is the light. Verse 6, And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. You may look at the media, read the newspaper, look on the internet, and some things are true, some things aren't. But whatever God says to us is faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets, and we talked about that the last time, that the holy prophets who did struggle and suffer as well, but they talked to us about a greater place and a greater day. Like Abraham, he sought a city whose builder and maker was God. Don't just live for this temporal world. It's, it's so temporary. Our bodies are temporary. Our homes, our land, business, finances, all that's temporary. But heaven is eternal. God is eternal. And the prophets told us about that. And he sent his angels to show unto his servants, that's us, the doulos, servants, not slaves because we're forced to, but because we are asked to and we want to, the things which must shortly come to pass. That idea for shortly is the idea that when it does take place, it will be sudden and in rapid succession. Then our Lord says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. The coming of the Lord is in two different times, as I shared with you. One is the rapture. We're caught up to be with him. And then after that, seven years later, we return with our Lord in glory at the second coming of Jesus in glory. The first coming at the rapture is shown to us in 1 Thessalonians 4 and in Revelation 3.10 and also in John 14. Second coming in glory is Zechariah 12, Zechariah 14, and also in Mal Matthew, rather, excuse me, chapter 24. Verse 8, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. So God had given them to him in a vision which he saw, and then he heard these angels and he heard voices and he had the sounds and all, so God put on a marvelous display for him. He said, When I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Now, in chapter 19 and verse 10, there was a rebuke because you don't fall down and worship angels unless it was the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, which was a theophany or a Christophany. 
but here he um, falls down and worships. But in verse 9, the angel says to him, See thou do it not, I'm thy fellow servant. Angels are our fellow servants. They, we are to serve and they serve. In Hebrews 1, they're ministers of the Lord. It says, and of thy brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. And then there's the statement, which is in the Greek, an aorist, which means a definite act, worship God. It's in the aorist imperative. Worship God, worship God, and worship him only. And he said unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Seal not. There's a proclamation that it's not completely all over yet. And so don't seal up all these things. The time... And the word for time there is not chronos, which is chronological time, but it's kairos, which is the season of time. The season is at hand. It's near, but not here yet. As we get to the 11th verse, getting some really exciting things. The time is coming. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. The, the time is coming when changing our minds or changing our hearts will be impossible. So if you're living a wicked life right now, you need to repent and you need to change because there will come a time when there will be no time for you to repent. So that's what it's saying. You know, There will come a time when whatever decisions that we have made will stand. If you're unjust, you'll be unjust still. If you're filthy, you'll be filthy still. But if you're righteous, you made the right decision to receive Christ. Let him be righteous still. Oh, please, I plead with you. Make the right decisions in this life because they will last you for eternity. And I told you how long eternity is. Let him be holy still. Verse 12, behold, I come quickly. Here it's in the present tense. It's an action that's imperative. He's coming quickly. He's coming suddenly, and my reward is with me. Now, when he comes at the rapture, his, he will um, come and we will be caught up to be with him. What does it mean, my reward is with me? Following the rapture of the church will be an event called the Bema Seat. That is the judgment seat of Christ where we as believers will stand before Christ, not to be judged whether we're going to heaven or hell, but to be judged like an Olympian for how we ran the race. 
and 2 Corinthians 5, verse 11, and I believe Romans 14, 10, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat of Christ. And that's where we'll be rewarded with crowns, not diadema like Jesus wore, or will wear rather, but with Stefano Victor crowns. And it says to give to every man according to his work. Now, let me tell you this. We cannot work for our salvation, but our works prove that we are saved. If you are a believer, you will desire to work for and live for and labor for our Lord. And it says, according as his work shall be. Verse 13 is referring again to Christ. He says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The Alpha and Omega is chapter 1 and verse 8. He's referred to that. Verse 11 of chapter 1, verse 17 of chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 8, chapter 21, verse 6, and here in chapter 22, Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. Isn't that great to know that all you need now is in Jesus, and all that you'll need in eternity is Jesus? Blessed are they in this life. We go back to time. Blessed are they which do his commandment. The word commandment is not just the Ten Commandments, but it's the word that carries the idea of his authoritative injunctions. Whatever he teaches us in the word of God and we try to do, blessed are they which do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life. And so it's not doing works and then we'll be able to have right to the tree of life, but it is because we're his servants, because we're his children, we will have rights and access to that tree of life that is near the throne of God. And it says, and also, and may enter in through the gates into the city. So we have access and we have all the blessings of God because of our faith in Jesus Christ, because we do his commandments, because we have followed our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in salvation and in servanthood. As we get to verse 15, it says, for without, outside of the gates of the city, outside of God's eternal place are dogs. And here it's talking about not our precious little pets that we have, because I am, I love dogs, but it's talking about a vicious street type dog that's just vicious. It's talking about low character, like Philippians chapter three and verse two, chapter 21, verse eight and 27 of Revelation also talk about that. 
without our dogs and sorcerers. Sorcerers is witchcraft, anybody that deals with the occult. Also, I know that in the Greek language, the idea for sorcery is also pharmakia, which involves the involvement with drugs and whoremongers, those that aren't faithful to their mate that God has given to them and murderers, those that slay others, and idolaters, you worship everything but the Lord, and whosoever loveth and believeth a lie. The whole uh, system of this world today is not built on truth. And the word says, love not the world, First John 2, 15 to 17, Neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And verse 16 says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you in these things in the churches. Now, it's pretty amazing because I've taught you that the rapture will be the catching away of the church. And there are some that believe that the church will go through the tribulation, but it's not mentioned after chapters two and three, the word church. And here again, we don't see it till chapter 22. He said, I sent my angel to testify unto these things in the churches. I am the root of David. I am the root, um, excuse me, and offspring of David. We see that in Isaiah 11 and verse one, and he is the bright and morning star. And we see this in Revelation two and verse 28. He's the bright and morning star. Is your life filled with darkness? You need the light of God in you. You need Jesus. He's the bright morning star. My life would be so dark and dismal if I didn't have Jesus in my life. And so I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm trying to lift you up and say, open up your heart, open up your life and receive Christ today. He will embrace you and you will live with him for eternity. Would you pray this simple prayer with me? There are many that mock what they call the sinner's prayer. And they say, oh, it's more than a little prayer. Well, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So here's the prayer. Pray with me. Dear Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent of my sin. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior today. Help me to live for you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is Pastor Earl for Faith Life with Pastor Earl and friends. If you do not have the app downloaded, you can download off of the Play Store or wherever you can find it, Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. We're on other platforms too, but that's where I produce it, Podbean. Dot com, and then look for the words Faith Life, all one word, with Pastor Earl and friends. And if you would like to pray for or share a prayer request or 
have any question or anything like that, you can contact me at Charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com or text me at 386-795-8494. If you'd like to undergird us financially, text me or email me, and then you'll I'll give you information how you can do that, and we can expand this ministry, and you'll be a part of it. And when you stand before the Bema Seat of Christ, God will say, what did you do for me? And you say, I prayed for and I shared that the word of God could be expanded. Well, this is Pastor Earl saying, I love you. If you're out in the storms or out in the cold or the heat or whatever, I ask that God will keep you safe for him and his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. This is Pastor Earl.